Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. and Craig podcast. We're here with uh, Justin McTeer, co-host. How's it going? We're here with Wayne from CCA. Hello. And Chris from CCA. How's it going? <laughs> and uh, well, I guess we're going to go around the table and talk about how you guys started fishing. So we'll start with Wayne. Uh, tell us all about it. Started fishing? Wow, that goes way back. That's I, what we want to hear. I've been fishing since <laughs> I was a little kid, man. Uh, you know, started on fresh water like most people. Ended up, was down at the piers, down at the jetties, back when Newport bearded up in Orange County didn't even have rails. So you you grew up in Orange County. I grew up fish. in Orange County, okay. born and raised. Um, my family, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, but uh, we would try to go up to Mammoth once a year and go camping. Mm-hmm. You know, there's six of us in the family, four kids. So you go up to up to Mammoth and you just rough it right in a yeah. big tent and and you go fishing. <laughs> but we were brutal on the drought up there. Yeah. Love walking streams and uh, we just loved it. Yeah. And so that was a passion for me. And as soon as I got really into it. Uh, as a kid, I was taking care of all the tackle. I wow. took it over for my dad. I was tying back then, you know, you had to snell all your leaders and all yeah. that. And I did all of that. I was breaking down all the rods and reels and lubing and all that stuff. Loved after it, after huh? every tra- oh, I just Addicted got into right it. Off oh, the bat. <laughs> you could not keep me off of the, <laughs> off the rocks or at the pier. I'd yeah. ride my bike from Santa Ana down to, down to Corona Del Mar or down to Huntington beach or, or Newport beach and just go fishing. Wow. You know, and then it's not close. And it was like little, you know, back then stingray bikes. Yeah. yeah. And up and down the hills. It was, it was a long hey, way, you know, fixed gear. Yeah. <laughs> fixed gear. Exactly. Yeah, that ain't no joke. Yeah. So but how had, about you, Chris? What, how did you uh, start fishing? Wow. Um, I would say my earliest memories were up in the high Sierras, uh, okay. up with my grandparents, excuse me, my grandparents would go up camping every summer and all that. And then that translated to saltwater. Okay. I was probably about maybe nine or 10 or something like that. As long as I can remember, uh, my grandparents bought a boat, bought a sport boat. And, and so, um, basically went up there up in Oxnard. And so fished all throughout the channel islands, uh, for as long as I can remember, probably mm-hmm. every summer. And then all of a sudden, then I decided to go into boat ownership myself. And, uh, what a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh bought a boat and uh turned it into a six pack. So running six pack charters up until this year. Um Black Diamond out of uh we were at a fisherman's landing for a while and um Oh, yeah. so you had your own boat you were running? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's amazing, man. Yeah. I did you it. just stopped doing it then? Oh well, ever you... since uh CCA called. Oh um, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um He so... doesn't have time for anything else now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. That's super cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, we're having actually uh, 
I think next month, uh, Slay Day. Okay. Those guys on to, to come talk about their little uh, deal they do. Well, I think it's pretty cool. Like, uh, we get whoever, whatever I think someone's cool, I just ask them to be on the podcast. Like, <laughs> that's, that's really You know, cool. and it's not yeah. like I'm looking for, like, a certain uh, person. Like, mm-hmm. when we had Rory on earlier, we talked probably more about barbecuing than fishing. Because I like food and I'm fat. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure they belly hey, hey, And when I went and did Ballast Point, you know, God bless them. Because uh, their episode didn't get put out. We drank beer <laughs> and we talked. You know, so. But, uh, yeah, that's really cool. So, uh, wait, let's yeah. talk how you got, when you got older, when you got more serious into fishing. I uh, have, uh, I've been associated with fishing my whole life. And mm-hmm. I've fished all around the world. Uh, I've done a lot of different things in my career. I was in the grocery industry for most of it Mm -hmm. at all levels from the grocery stores to the food broker to the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. And that that travel took me around the world in in different facets of it between manufacturing and, and everything. And every place I went, I tried to wet a line. You had a travel rod with you, huh? Oh, well, I just bought a rod and left it behind. There you, you know? go. Yeah, yeah. You know, I took a guide out or whatever. And, yeah. I, and I'm one of the few people that can say I've been to all 50 states. Wow. And I have fished in all 50 states. What's your favorite? Well, Alaska's pretty good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say California. Yeah, but we, you know, it's funny. California is cool, but the, most of the time we're not fishing in California, are we? We're, yeah. we're in San Diego, so we're, yeah. we're yeah. fishing in Baja, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, exactly. you know, I mean, it's, as nice as California is, the restrictions on rules and regulations are what kills it. Yeah. You know, it's, you a, know, it's a great yeah, fishery, but it is so hard. Yeah. You know, but up, up in Alaska, it's like the untamed wilderness that you talk about, the last frontier. It is just so gorgeous up there. Yeah. Um, and, and parts of it are just untapped and, and the amount of stuff that you can catch there the, in record sizes yeah. is phenomenal. I the mean, fish the rock fish, strong. even looking at the, then pull these big old rockfish out. I'm mm. like, damn, that's huge. They're man. Halibut, 200 yeah. pound halibut. Yeah. That's another, mm-hmm. yeah. Barn yeah. door. That's a real barn door. Real barn doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Been there, done that. You know, the salmon runs are beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just the type of fish and the fish that I love to eat. And then you can go pull traps too while you're up there. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So it, it's just a great fishery. And it's just clean water, clean air, open wilderness. Yeah. I love it up there. I mean, it's just expensive. Not something that on some place I want to be all winter long. I'm definitely a snowbird when I'm up there. But, wow. But it's fun. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So as you got older, you got, tell us about CCA. Yeah, this was, uh, this was something that happened. I mean, my background was I was working at Bumblebee at one point, mm-hmm. uh, Bumblebee Food, Seafoods down in San Diego, and then uh, left there, and I was working at a fishing tackle wholesaler okay. down in San Diego, and doing a lot of charity work with Make-A-Wish Tuna Challenge for, God knows, 15-plus years. Uh, so I had my charity background, and this kind of came up in two, early 2015, and uh, I was asked to go help them in the booth and go, you know, get used to them and then didn't know it on the side, but they were interviewing me <laughs> at the, at the show. And, uh, and then they, they opened a position up, uh, about in June mm-hmm. and that's when I got hired. Wow. Uh, for the position of executive director of coastal conservation association to start the, the California chapter, which they had already launched at the Fred Hall show okay. in March of 2015. So took the helm and it has been a run fest ever since, <laughs> uh, just a sprint. Um, because it's, it's starting a company from scratch. It is starting yeah. a brand from scratch yeah. and anybody knows, everybody knows about what happened with the MPAs and the ML, MLPA effort and how we just got our, our butts handed to us and people are still hurt. They're still upset. Yeah. And the, the problem is they are mad and they don't want to get involved and they tainted over the process. And, and so we're fighting that we're fighting our own guys, which we saw in the MPA efforts. And so it's an uphill battle. 
um, in this environment, in this state, it is tough. The, the politics are against us, mm -hmm. you know, but you got to start somewhere. It takes people to get involved. And what I'm doing now is building a business from scratch or we're building a business from scratch. We're trying to get our name out there. We started here in Southern California, you know, United Anglers went away back then. Uh, fighting the fight literally went bankrupt fighting the fight Wow! and we were unrepresented and that's bad yeah so things were happening around us we needed a group this is the group uh the nice part is is that we have a parent organization over the top that's been around for 43 years and so you have a parent-child relationship where they're there to make sure that you have good funding, good process, good procedures. When management changes that you keep the consistency, that you have rules and regulations and you keep your accounting straight mm -hmm. and then you do what you need to do within your state. But when we get to national, because you have that group that's been around for 43 years, you got the powerhouses. You already have people in Sacramento. You have yeah. lobbyists, you have yeah. lawyers and that's huge. Yeah. So we come in in 2015 strong because our board was made up of those people who started United Anglers and then some. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how powerful California is on the fishing tackle manufacturing side. We have all the top companies that everybody else in the country would love to have in their backyard. <laughs> They're on my board or our board. Yeah. So we have a really good network to start with. We had really good funding up front mm -hmm. to support it. And then we just hit the ground running and we've been running ever since. So we're a grassroots organization mm -hmm. that... So membership is key because it's all about the network. It's about size. And nationally, uh, we are in 19 states. Mm -hmm. We have 230 plus local chapters, which wow. in this state now we have five. We just started Santa Barbara, but we have L.A., Orange County, uh, San Diego, uh, Ventura. Mm -hmm. And now we just started Santa Barbara. Wow. Um, we have uh, nationally, we have over 130,000 members. We have probably around 2,500 right now that we're averaging as active members. Okay. They fluctuates up and down, but you know, you sign people up, they don't renew the next year kind of a thing. Yeah. But we average about 2,500 and we're going to keep growing. Yeah. So right now our push is to keep expanding in the state. We should have 10,000 members minimum. We should have 20,000. You know, there's like, you know, a couple hundred thousand in, in the end. I mean, I, why yeah. wouldn't you join us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But here's the deal. We, we suffer from what we, uh, went through with the MPAs. Again, people are upset. But what it showed was that we don't work together. There's this divide between the groups, these, these cliques. And if we don't all get together, we're all going to die off that that problem. So yeah. our goal right now is to break down the walls. Mm -hmm. We're working not only representing the recreational saltwater angler, which is our main our group, but it's one ocean. So we all need to work together. Yeah. So we need to work with the commercial guys, the fly guys, the divers, the spear fishermen, the surf fishermen, mm -hmm. you name it. We need to work with everybody. We were trying to cross over to all parts of the industry, not just the manufacturers that are here, but the manufacturers, the boating, the landings, the, the, the six pack operators, everybody. We all need to work together. And it doesn't even have to be in the fishing industry because there's a lot of support industries yeah. like your insurance and your banking and your food industry and your uh, seafood uh, processors and you know all of that. So we're trying to bring it all in encompass and say, look, we're doing it for everybody. Mm -hmm. So CCA, Coastal Conservation Association, is a membership organization that fights for the advocacy of the saltwater angler. But we're more than that. Conservation is part of our name. So what we do is we also believe in making sure that the environment's right, mm -hmm. right? The conservation side, we believe in habitat. 
And if you look at CCA, we're one of the largest organizations in the nation putting out habitat around the country, every place except California, because we have such stringent laws here. And we got shut down when CCA came in. They won't let, allow any new artificial reefs to be built. Yeah, even uh, about the, go ahead, Justin. The rigs to reefs. What's rigs to reefs is a different program because what that is is that's taking the oil rigs that are being decommissioned. Yeah. And the question was the fight from the environmental groups originally was that they should be taken out. Yeah. They don't want anything left. And what we were able to prove scientifically is that that became an ecosystem down there. Why yeah. would you want to disturb it? Yeah. So right. as long as it's not becoming a navigational hazard or anything else. We can take the top part of the rig and decommission, cut off the pilings down below at a certain depth, and leave the ecosystem alone. Yeah. I mean, anybody who ever goes out of Long Beach or north up to Santa Barbara <laughs> knows you fish around those rigs. Well, yeah. There's there's a whole set of fish sitting right there. When yeah. I was a kid, I, yeah, the, on the sport boats, that was the... That was a big thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, remember back in the day when we had the barges off the coast? Uh, I wasn't around, but we've heard about it yeah, a lot. I yeah, I used to fish those too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sad when those went down, you know? Yeah. There was a lot of fun because the Bonita would hang out there, and you just go out there on the boat. They'd have shuttles, and you go out there, and you just fish all day. Yeah. You know, and then take the shuttle back home. It was the, a lot of fun. The, I wish we could get more of that. Yeah. The, the, when I got serious into surf fishing, it was 2010 or 11. Which kicked, I was fishing Laguna. And that's when the MLPA kicked in. So I had like a good year where I'd fish Laguna and awesome fishing, surf fishing. Yeah. Uh, but then it cut off. Yeah. So thank God they, my favorite place is Crystal Cove when I was surf fishing. Right. So like, but you could still fish there. So, but it sucks. Yeah. The, the whole, there's a whole big Laguna strip that just. Think about the chairman of the board for our organization. Who is the president and you know parents owned AFCO right started after yeah. the sheds uh-huh. live in Naguna Beach right there <laughs> and, and he, he can't, can't fish, fish off his it. you know and he's in a cove up oh, on the hill man. he he can go out there and he can surf and he can go out there and kayak but he cannot fish in front of his house you know and it just it just burns him it hurts him to, what's you know. the fine I always wanted to know what's the fine getting caught in the MLPA if you're a, if you're just a, I actually don't know the dollar amount it's really? not it's not it. It's pretty stiff, though. I'm sure it is, but I'm, I'm just wondering because I've never... Might be able to look it up. I yeah. don't know. Huh. But it, it's, um, you know, and it got more than that because then all of a sudden the MPA got got enacted. And then over time, what's happened is we, we the fishermen, walked away from the, uh, the process. So since we started uh, CCA and we started chapters, I've been getting our chapter local chapter guys to start getting involved in the MPA collaboratives. Okay. So the MPA collaboratives are the groups that are monitoring those MPAs and working for outreach. Well, the fishermen were not represented in all of that because we didn't want to participate. Yeah. But since then, we have gotten people involved in each one of those local chapters Great. or organizations, and uh, we're watching it. So we also hear the updates on what's going on, and they keep pushing, you know, increase fines and everything when that one sport boat got caught and fishing inside an MPA and all of that. Yeah. And then they're the ones who went to the fishing game commission to go after that regulation change <laughs> yeah. to increase the fines and, and you know, regulations yeah. within the MPA. Wow. That's why we're important because we got to be at that table. Yeah. We have to be there monitoring that, but we also have to watch our own guys. I mean, this self-policing thing really isn't working, you know, <laughs> <laughs> these guys want to get stupid. They do dumb, dumb things out there. And you know, it only hurts our efforts in the long yeah. run for everybody. Yeah. You know, those guys that got caught poaching all those lobster. Well, that hurt everybody. There's only the quotas to quota, you know? Yeah. 
So when they get caught, you know, over quota, and they're just hurting it for everybody else on the take for the next turn. So and they took all the juveniles. Yeah. They got oh, caught with all shorts. Oh, so those are your juveniles, which didn't get the spawn cycle, which is going to hurt the overall population yeah. in the long run. It it just is a terrible thing for all of us. Yeah. You know, really bad. So you know what we do is we fight for your right to fish. Mm-hmm. We make sure that you have habitat. But we understand that if we don't do something about it, we're going to keep trying to take more fish. And it's not sustainable, right? It's yeah. kind of like salmon and trout and everything. If we didn't have a hatchery program, we wouldn't have fish. Yeah. So we believe in the, the hatchery program, which we're supporting Hub Sea World Research Institute. So right now they're working on white sea bass. That's been a, been a program here for a long time. Yeah. And it's pretty doggone successful, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you see what we're catching white yeah. sea bass now. Yeah. You know, that takes a long time. Well, we went out with a survey back in 2015 when we started and asked the the anglers, what do you guys want as that next species? And, you know, it was a pretty broad list, mm-hmm. but the overwhelming uh, answer was California halibut, which is good because they spawn, they come in home, you know, and then we can, yeah. if we can keep them inside of our area, that's all good because then that's good for our half and three quarter day boat guys, yeah. right? And the local yeah. fishermen, the surf fishermen. Yeah. It's quite a big part of our population that stays within state water, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So right now we're working on a broodstock program to try to get that launched. Um, it takes a long time to get through our department and all the science (laughs) and everything, but we started a broodstock program. We went out and caught a bunch of fish and we got them in captivity and they're starting to spawn. So we know we, we know we can do it. We have a process to it, Amazing, you know, but then how to expand that out to the, uh, grow out pens and all of that will be the question. So we got to do the science to get that all figured out before we can even go to the department and the commission to go ask for authorization. Now, what's your favorite type of fishing to do? Oh man. I, there isn't one because I <laughs> I love fishing. Yeah. I don't care if I am catching crappie or catfish <laughs> or trout or bass. I, I like I said, I love to fish. Mm-hmm. You as long as you're fishing the right gear for the fish, the fight's the same. The the technique. I always want to learn new technique, new tackle, yeah, new yeah. knots, new <laughs> whatever. Then yeah. going around the world is the greatest part because you can take things with you, right? I mean, think about when the mega bait came out, the metal jigs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of replaced a crocodile around the world as mm-hmm. the number one jig in my head. I can fish that thing anywhere <laughs> and catch fish. Well, there's all these other new baits out there yeah. too, right? And so what's nice is going out someplace and seeing what how they do it. I was just down in Louisiana last year uh, for a meeting and we got to go do the red fishing. Well, oh, if you're part yeah. of CCA, red fish is what started them, yeah. right? That That was the key. So. Yeah. Being able to go and actually say, I caught redfish, you know, and I got some, I got it down. I figured it out. <laughs> and that, that was some fun. Uh-huh. And then, you know, to go out there snapper fishing and going offshore and doing what their tuna fishing versus yeah. ours. And yeah. It's just different. That's cool, man. Yeah. And Get then a wide spectrum. Yeah. You know, you go down to Florida, let's say like we were down there for a meeting one time and a couple years ago now, and uh, maybe three years ago. And uh, down there, you go inside that in a inner harbor area, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like what we have behind the break wall in Long Beach. Yeah. So you fish that, and there's miles and miles of that. And within that water, you're probably in no less than 10, no more than ten feet of water that whole way. And you're sitting there, and you can. I, what did I catch? I caught like twenty seven species in two days. It, within all that same water. Yeah. yeah, it's just so phenomenal. Somebody told me down there there's like 900 species down in Florida. Wow. Something, something crazy. I'm thinking, man, I've got to go get a, get a book and start checking them <laughs> off. <laughs> but, you know, you start, you've got, all you're doing is, and, and the majority of it is fishing those DOA shrimp, yeah. you know, because that's their main bait down there. And so you fish an artificial, but it's the retrieve pattern. Is, it's how you present it. So different parts of the water column, it's only 10 feet, but you have to know how to play all those. The guy was crazy. Um, 
in awe, I think, because I stood on the deck of that boat for 12 hours up on the bow throwing mm -hmm. and trying all my different techniques and presentations. And yeah. he was like, another species, another species. He's like, I didn't know we'd catch those here, you know, and he's a guide. So it was kind of fun. You yeah, know, I, that's just my passion. I love yeah. doing that. Yeah. Learning and trying and, you know, yeah. And then taking some of our techniques. I mean, think about what we do on the saltwater bass now. Yeah. Think about all those techniques that we're using and they came from the freshwater side. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. the swim baits and all of the, the yeah. swim bait or the um, spinner baits and all that, all those presentations. I mean, I remember throwing a frog and a creature out there on the kelp patty and thinking, Oh, this will never work. <laughs> or a mouse or a rat. <laughs> yeah. And it, a bass come blown up. You're like, yeah. a bass is a bass, man. Yeah, <laughs> they don't yeah care. definitely. <laughs> it's that reaction bite. There's yeah. nothing better than, or now you think about it, you throw those big 10 inch slugs. Yeah. They come blowing up through that canopy out yeah. there. It's the same thing on fresh water. <laughs> yeah. We do it on the salt. Yeah, you know, definitely. I love it. I, that that right there is my passion. Yeah. Well, how about uh, you, Chris? Let's talk about your fishing. Uh, what do you like to fish? And let's talk about your part in CCA. What is your actual uh, part that you? Well, I guess your my role. Yeah, your role. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, well, like one said, kind of. I would say saltwater bass. Um, you know. For the past however many years we've been going after the tuna, you know, whether it's in St. Clemente Island, the Big Blues, or uh, down south for yellowfin, dodos, or whatever, I would definitely say saltwater bass. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I can't tell you how many of my deckhands and other guys running the boat would tell me it's like, oh, if I could get like a half day and just go <laughs> after bass, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> um, but that that would definitely be my, uh, my favorite type of fishing. Yeah. Um, aside from that, CCA... I'm the assistant director now. Uh -huh. um, I came over back in July, and uh, it's been a blast. Great. Um, you know, with all of the work that we're doing and all that stuff, and me working about eight days a week and all that, <laughs> um, it's still fun. It's still really, really fun. Um, just knowing that I'm doing something for the good of California, for the fishing industry and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, meeting so many people, too. Yeah, um, I bet. You know, yeah. being in the in the boat in the sport boat fleet and all that stuff you're kind of you know you you have your partner boats you have your code groups and all that stuff but mm -hmm. then when you look and when you step back from it and look at the different people that are all connected to this industry it's absolutely amazing yeah definitely man mm -hmm. super cool yeah so, so i'm i'm the assistant director and so i'm primarily doing a lot of social media a lot of marketing yeah website stuff and all uh -huh. that stuff and trying to kind of keep everyone organized and um just keep the ball rolling um before me i have no idea how wayne did it by himself <laughs> just, just absolutely no clue yeah. there's so much work to do i bet i couldn't imagine oh yeah yeah just keeping tabs and yeah everything. and keeping up with social media even i mean that's a big part now with fishing you yeah know? it's like instagram facebook me, 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 now, now, yeah, now. Yep. Yeah. It's and hard. You, and you want to see stuff quick. People want to see stuff like. Well, people, you know? it's hard because mm -hmm. I, I look at print publications coming out and, and I question what's going to happen in that in the future. I mean, it's great yeah. when you're in the bathroom, I guess, if you're not, is your <laughs> yeah, phone, yeah. when your phone dies. But, <laughs> you know, but other than that, everybody's on their phone. So, yeah. and they're looking at social media and, and they need to know by the time the paper comes out with the with the fish counts where that's five days old or two days old or whatever it's it's not like you know we want to know tonight because we're yeah. going tomorrow morning you know yeah. where, where things are at and that's hard it's very hard yeah. um for our side of it it's cool because you know fishing we get to keep up with all the stuff that everybody else is doing because we're working mm -hmm. um 
but then it's we can piece in the the advocacy piece and you know and the hatchery piece and so it's kind of cool it, what chris has done to be able to bring up our our presence on marketing and communications and social media is phenomenal you know okay. working with bill varney from uh, uh fish the surf mm-hmm. uh, the surf fishing guru yeah um and he's come up and helped us ali from bd uh pete from let's talk hook up uh, we've been tied into all the, the other radio stations, Anglers Chronicles yeah. and Rod and Reel Radio, you know, Western Outdoor News, Pacific Coast Sport Fishing. I mean, they've all been so good to us. Western, uh, who else? Uh, the Logfish Wrap. Yeah. You know, all these guys are, are just been very good about it because they know that we need the support and we're necessary. You know, yeah. we're fighting for everybody's right, whether you believe in us or not. We're, we're <laughs> trying to do what's good for the, the whole. Yeah, definitely. You guys have an event coming up too, right? Are you part of the uh, the twenty sixth? Well, the one down in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, so what's happening down in San Diego is the twenty eighth, uh, I think, January. Um, is the Bay Bass Seminar? Yeah, is what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And that one is uh, the San Diego Anglers does the Bay Bass Seminar and uh, does the Bay Bass um, uh, tournament out of out of San Diego Bay. And then uh, the week prior to that, there's a, a fishing <clears throat> seminar down at Dana Landing okay. and uh, Fastlane Kayaks. There you go. And Let's Talk Hookup does their broadcast out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fisherman's Processing will be there. And, yeah, we'll have a booth there, and we'll be doing a membership drive there like we've done awesome. the last few years. So that's yeah. our that's one of the events. This next week, we're all the way up in Sacramento. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's so, our first event. Uh, consumer that, show, the ISE, ISE Sportsman's mm-hmm. Expo. We'll be up there for, for that one. Uh, that's pushing into Sacramento, so we're pushing north. That's our goal. Wow. Um, we've got to get our foot wet. People don't know who we are up there yet. Yeah. Um, but we represent everybody in California. Now, if you think about how big this state is compared to anybody else, you know, what are we, number three Man. size? Um, but we, uh, we we have different fisheries, and we have to be able to yeah. address everybody's needs, not just Southern California. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. And then, then you know, it takes a lot of work. I mean, do you guys usually do Fred Hall, too? We'll oh, do yeah. all three Fred Hall okay. shows. We'll do Pacific Coast Sports Fishing Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do Day at the Docks in April. So those are all the big consumer shows that we know of here yeah. in this state. You know, and then we'll try to hit the smaller events, the swap meets, and the yeah. you know, and we hit all the clubs that we can. Anybody who's got a club out there that wants to come speak, we just get it on our calendar. Yeah, if we're available. We'll do them. Definitely. You know, anytime we can get out in front of people, we're more than happy to do that. And the nicest part is as we build chapters and have a local presence, then we get those guys up to speed and then they can help us to network and do those events. So we don't have to yeah. be at every one, but it's building those guys, getting their confidence up, understand what the, you know, how to, how to talk about CCA. Yeah. You know, consistently consistent messaging is the key to us. Yeah. They talk about splitting the state into like three different States and all that yeah. stuff. It's the same way with all these issues too. Yeah. Cause each region has their own separate issues Definitely. and what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk salmon down here. We don't talk yeah. abalone per se. You yeah. know, we don't talk about you know the the water like the delta and the striper fishing. Mm-hmm. And some of that doesn't really come down this far. But you know, if you think about what's going on with our California halibut, that goes from here, but it, it goes all the way up to San Francisco. People yeah. don't know that. Yeah, you know, and the thing with the the uh, the bait was a good example. We almost lost our bait, no live bait fishery out here yeah. because sardine. They're they're saying the sardine stock assessment's so low. You know, yeah. so we had to go fight that. And, 
You know, it, it, these issues pop up all the time. Yeah. And, Maybe and, and if it's just not don't hear about them. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Here, here's part of our problem is how do you get this message out? Social media is one of those places we're trying. And even with us, it's our, our reach is so minuscule in the whole scheme of things. When mm-hmm. you figure you got, you know, 1.6 million anglers, you know, saltwater anglers in California or something like that, you know, yeah. can't get a hard number from our own department on that one. <laughs> but, you know, we can guesstimate on what they yeah. are. Wow, that's that's a, that's crazy. Do you have a boat? Do you own a boat? I actually own two boats. Two boats. What kind of I boats? I have a uh, I have a twenty two Cuddy Walk around a Sea Pro, mm-hmm. and then I have a little aluminum boat. There you go. You know, a beater boat for lobster fishing. They'll <laughs> <laughs> okay care if you put it up in the rocks, get it low, close. <laughs> yeah, do you, you know, <laughs> you still have your boat, Chris? Too. I do. Yeah, you do. Time being. It's and a, what size boat is that? It's a forty eight foot Egg Harbor. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You're not kidding around. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. nice because we just did a broodstock trip and we're <laughs> testing a different method. We used to use sport boats, right? Uh-huh. And like, you know, twenty people, thirty people on a boat and go out fishing for halibut or white sea. Well, we said, well, why can't we use our private boats? And we just tried that process uh, in November. Yeah, uh, and December. December. And we took and used his boat as the mothership. Put all the scientists, you know, from hubs on that. And then with the big pen, and then we did a bunch of private boats. So as you oh, caught cool. a you caught a halibut, put it in a tub, go motor to, to them, boat, yeah. let them do their science, collect them, and then we all took those up to the to trucks and got them back to the to the lab. Wow, know? that's yeah. right. The whole point is just to cover so much other so much ground. Yeah, you know, especially halibut fishing. You want to yeah. be able to get upsite sometimes, go yeah. to places that a sport boat can't. Yeah, and then you just cover. We covered San Diego Bay. Yeah, you know, with you know, I think like I've seen five who put, boats. Did, uh, yeah, five boats. Did Chad do that? Part was he part of Chad? That? Okay, I think I should post fishing, something. I was fishing with him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so not only did we catch the first fish the first day, we caught the most fish and we caught the biggest fish. Oh, you guys had a little tally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we, okay, trust me, yeah, yeah. we're fishermen. Everybody <laughs> likes the tally. Always competition. <laughs> Always a competition. <laughs> so you know. when we bring people on here, we like to hear rookie mistakes. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So uh, we'll start with Chris because uh, since you you know ran a six-pack, uh, let's talk about some of your funny stories. I'm sure you got plenty. Oh man! <laughs> First, I mean, there's nothing like looking at someone who's never uh, fished with a spinning reel before. It's upside down. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm I'm just looking at him like, oh. My. Um, you know, I I've seen it all, man. It's uh, from rookie mistakes to getting a jig strike on the troll, and uh, the guy not even. You know, all you have to do is really pick it up and start whining. He puts it in free spool. I'm like, what, what is going on? Who told you to do that? Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's so many stupid things like that. How about being a boat owner? Did you have any, like, 
struggles or like something crazy because you don't have a plug in your boat of course for me yeah um, um but i mean i'm sure there's other things like that could be you know kind oh, of stressful man. i mean the whole running the boat is just it's just so <laughs> stressful it's i mean for the, the the difference between working on a boat and running a boat and being responsible for yeah. them, everyone and their fun the meals all that stuff it, it's like it's two different levels man yeah um Aside from that, you know, rookie mistakes, I, I know I have a lot of them. None of them are coming to mind <laughs> because it's just so CCA oriented now. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the one, uh, you probably have a folly going to putting that boat away because where he's at down uh, there yeah. by, uh, pizza Nova, it's tight. He's got to flip this boat in the, <laughs> in the, in the slip. He's got to turn it and back it in. Uh-huh. And he's got a big sailboat that sticks out next to him. Uh, so if there's uh-huh. any kind of wind or any kind of, you know, uh, oh, yeah. movement in water <laughs> he can get out of position fast i mean it's tight yeah I, I guess my biggest mistake would be when i was first learning how to drive and all that stuff my grandfather he'd he'd put me in charge of uh putting in uh that boat's a 42 chris craft up in oxnard and oxnard it's a windy place man um if you come in you know if you're not in by four or five o'clock you might as well just spend the night at the islands <laughs> It's That's true. unreal. Really? Oh, yeah. Guys, yeah. Have, guys have had to tie up because they can't come back across. I mean, you think the Catalina mm-hmm. trek is bad in the afternoon? Up there wow, is worse. Really? You can get stuck and you'll have to go on the lee side and, and anchor up and not come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my grandfather, what does he do? He just basically puts me as a 12-year-old putting in, parking the boat and all that stuff right in between two concrete slips. And, uh, of course, you know, I get pinned by, you know, by the dock and all that stuff and I'm stressed out and he's yelling at me and all that. And he's not coming to help me and all that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun, but, um, you know, when you do it for, oh my gosh, I think that's, I don't know, 17 years or whatever. Oh, wow. Um, you know, everything now it's like, just bring it on. Man. Yeah. Um, aside from that, you know, with my boat now with the slip that it's in, I may have a foot and a half on either side to, to get it in there. Wow. It, it, it's just brutal. <laughs> it can get brutal. But yeah. once you do it, like, you know, for as long as I have, it's it, it's second nature. I bet. It was pretty funny because we just did that broodstock trip and there's a public dock next to Pizza Nova there. And so we had to back it in. You go down this thing to the end and then spin it around uh-huh. and, and put it up against the dock. And there was a bunch of people that were double parked and stuff. So he goes down there and he spun that boat on a dime. <laughs> Literally, he didn't have room to move. <laughs> And and those people were up at Pizza Nova. There were people walking the docks and everything, and they all just stopped to watch this process. And he did not miss a step. He put it in perfect, no no mistakes. And it was like the pressure was on, and he just just stepped there and did it. I mean, it was, it was major, amazing. Yeah, I'm on another second. boat. I'm watching it. I'm like, wow. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> Do you have any uh, rookie mistakes, Wayne? I mean, there's, there's always boat. rookie mistakes when you're a boat owner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody who's ever said that they've never had a mistake at the ramp, backing a trailer, pulling something out. I mean, or, or watching the boat ramp follies is always fun on the afternoons during the summer. You know, we watch it. I mean, who hasn't had a problem pulling their, getting their boat on their, on their, you know, especially when there's wind or other oh, people yeah. around, right? You're getting, you're lining up for your boat and some guy decides he wants to steam into the into the ramp you know and he starts waking you and all of a sudden you're thrown out of position <laughs> now how do you correct with a single outboard right yeah yeah i mean i've had those issues i had one the other uh, well, a couple of years now where this kid wasn't coming off uh, the dock 
um, next to me or in front of me with a little Zodiac, a little kid, and he was going to put it up on the trailer next to mine. So he's past me and I'm coming off the dock next to him at Seltzer Island. He comes off and he gets out of position because um, there was a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. He ran his, his um, so he launched off, I launched off. He went up and then he got pushed towards my trailer that's already in the water. Yeah. And I don't have side rails on mine. mine is, you just drive up onto it. Mm-hmm. He got out of position and he hit his, he hit the outboard on my rails, split my rail. Oh, Carpet wow. comes flying off on the top rail. And I'm like, okay, I came off. A guy came in behind me and steamed to the spot and he took my spot. So I couldn't go back. And you remember, yeah. Shelter Island is really narrow. So now I'm stuck in no man's land. He's losing his mind and running around in circles on this little Zodiac. And he's crying and stuff because he hit my trailer yeah. and stuff. And I was like, calm down. you know. And now I have to get out of there because the, 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 the basin is full. So I have to go outside. I'm calling my friend up who's got my boat and trailer. Yeah. He's trying to figure out how to repair it so I can get my, my boat back on the trailer. Yeah. So he has to go find zip ties and bungee cords and all of that because the, the two by four actually, the two by six actually split. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he took the carpet off. So he had to pull the trailer up and then fix it. And then I have to come in. The kid's losing his mind. His dad's yelling at him. So, oh, you know, guy. it was like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I finally get my boat on the trailer. We pull it out and the guy's like, I'll pay for it. And I'm like, no, what you need to do is teach that kid not to panic. <laughs> this is a teaching moment for the poor kid, yeah. man. Yeah. Because he, he really lost it. And that, that made it bad for all of us. Yeah. Where none of us could function. Yeah. You know? And people die that way out there. So Yeah. Teach I him. mean, someone just passed away, right? Yeah. 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 At the muscle... Uh, off of Huntington, Huntington Beach. That was a friend of ours from Fibbers. That's that's not far out where he was either at all. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that was. Uh, there's some issues on that one because that's a uh, off the the muscle farm out there, mm-hmm. and uh, we're not sure what's going on because those wires aren't supposed to be coming out of the water like oh, that. Oh, you hit a wire. Well, yeah. He what happened was the motor see, uh, caught one of the wires uh, on the black buoy, and mm-hmm. those buoys are supposed to be sunk below the below, and I'm, we're not sure why they were on the surface. Yeah. Um, so the motor, they caught it. They were looking at uh, bird school, not thinking anything. And they were running along and all of a sudden that thing just hit. And then the Shh. boat launched out of the water and they got tossed. And, um, it so happened where he had a, um, he had a, one of the radios or something in his pocket and he was able to call. Oh, I, oh, he had a, one of the EPIRBs. Okay. So the EPIRB went off. But it EPIRB went off and it it contacted like local sheriffs or somebody and not oh. Coast Guard. So then they had to go to the other agency. And by the time they got to him, it was over an hour in the water. Uh, so what happened was um, his friend was holding on to him and it was 50 degree water or whatever, you know, 60 degree water. And yeah, he was alive, but then he just couldn't hang on. That's horrible. Man. Yeah, it was a horrible, horrible thing. Yeah, you got it makes you think twice too. I mean, be careful out there. I mean, that's one that's a freak accident because it should have. Shouldn't have happened. Yeah, shouldn't have happened. You know, and everybody's got their eyes downstream looking for the birds, and they're gunning it, right? Because yeah. they're probably doing 20 or 25 on the water, and at pow, least, yeah, just I got mean, launched out of a boat. Shoot. I mean, how many of us have, oh, we got our life jackets. Where are they? Well, they're up in the cuddy. They're That's what makes you need to yeah. go get one of the pool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I need to get one for sure. You know, I mean, I was down there um, a lot of years now, and uh, Defiance had their boat dealer down in, uh, down there, or Parker. It was No, it was Defiance dealer down there in San Diego. And they, were, they had that big 29 with the with the tower and everything on it. Wow. Well, there was an after halibut, uh, after Thanksgiving halibut tournament that goes out. Uh-huh. Small craft advisor went out, Mission Bay. But those guys decided they wanted to go outside. Well, they were outside fishing, and all of a sudden, one of the uh, motor star season up. Well, it ended up being they caught line in the one of the props. So they're oh. trying to make it back in. Well, it's stacked up at the mouth of Mission Bay. 
And technically, they, they could have shut it down and said, can't come in. But they tried to come in on one motor, uh-huh. came up behind him and, and spun him sideways and then flipped the boat because it stopped every because of that big tower. The tower catches. Well, the guy, his wife, his two kids, and I think the owner of the boat was there. And when it flipped, they got pinned inside the pilot house area, right? Oh, man. Okay, now it's filling up. He had his PFD on. They all had their PFDs on. His was an auto-deploy suspender kind. It blew. It pounded him right to the floor of the boat, upside down in there. He luckily had a knife in his pocket and was able to blow the two sides and, and do it. He kicked his kids and everybody off, and they got on the rocks. When, you know, we all called the Coast Guard or Lifeguard right there because we were all kind of watching what was going on. Everybody had their radios, wow. but yeah, it was ugly. You know, but think about that. So at you the know. same time, the self-deploy one could have really... You, yeah, yeah. if you're on a center console, don't get a self-deploy. <laughs> you know, think about yeah. it. You're yeah. always getting wet. Yeah. You know, and so you don't want a free sensor when you want one that you can pull, yeah. pull when you need to. Yeah, yeah definitely. But man, just to have one, to be able to float yourself and whatever. Me, man, I'm going to put a big light strobe on my head and all that kind of... Because, <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you want is not to be able to be found yeah. out there. You know, yeah. you want to be yeah. able to be definitely. seen. You know? But yeah, you got like, your boots on, your gear on, all of a sudden it fills up. You got to be able to get out of that stuff. Yeah. It'll weigh you down. Yeah. You wow. Know? Yeah. Like Bobby Martinez's story, like when he, uh, Catalina, it's crazy. He said, thank God he had that pool vest, uh, pool. Uh, yeah. A lot of us vest. have them and we don't wear them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. I find it when, when we're in these littler boats, though, these small uh, skiffs and stuff, because there's no rails, there's no place to hang on. That's when you really, <laughs> and when you're under travel, I'm mean, just not saying you necessarily need them when you're fishing. Yeah. When you're traveling, because these guys, these little boats go. Yeah. These guys with the bass boats, man, they run hard, <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah. So yeah, you Definitely. can get tossed. It takes one wake, and you're you're, you're tossed over. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about fishing. So, um, what? Let's talk about some of your personal best uh, fish you've caught, Wayne. Oh, I mean, the best, personal best would be a big tuna over two hundred. Wow. I mean, I got one at two hundred. I've got one at two thirty-five. No way. So I got my cows. I mean, that was on that was a bucket list thing, right? I, yeah. I kept doing all those medium range trips, and I just bit the bullet one year and got on that fourteen day. And I said, I'm going. Uh-huh. I want to catch my wahoo on the jig. I want to be able to catch my cow tuna and all these things. And I was lucky. I got knock wood. I I actually got them. So wow. I, I I hit a, a 185, a 200 on the nose, and then a 235, three in a row on that trip. And then I got I don't know five wahoo on the jig. And wow. So it was a good trip. You know, awesome. I mean, so that's a long range, but then medium range, you know, catching your marlin and your swordfish and all of that I've done fished over in Kona and, you know, caught all the different species, Wow, been down all the way down to Fiji catching big fish, you know? And so now I want to get to go do like peacock bass, yeah. and, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'm a, I want to go down to Costa Rica yeah. and Panama and I got, I got goals. I want to get back yeah. down to Fiji and New Zealand and the great barrier reef, you know, Wow, that'd be awesome. you man. know, but even going back East Massachusetts to go catch a grander. I mean, that, that's a goal, you know, definitely. Definitely. So, but you know, I mean, I don't catching a 10 pound bass is a record for me. I'd, yeah, you, that never gets old. I don't care where you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that was a goal of mine in Cedros this last year. Oh, I, really? I didn't get one. I did not get a ten pounder. I got a six pounder. What's your biggest? Uh, it was a little, little so over far, six. six. Yeah, a little over six. Yeah. Which wow. is a big fish. No, I, I mean it just you look at that thing. You and I had to put it on a scale just to be sure. You know? Yeah. Because you're sitting there. Oh, it's a ten pounder, and I'm like six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say anything anymore. I caught it a couple weeks ago. I caught a seven pounder. I, they're huge. And uh, I thought it was a halibut. 
I'm like, this thing's fighting. It bent. I had a heavy cousin's rod. And I'm like, it's fighting. So I see it come up, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, I can't tell. And I see it turn up to the side. It's a huge calico. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've flipped out. Right? <laughs> I mean, the sandies get big, but they don't, they're don't. they not really, I guess, heavy. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, the calico gets in their belly when they're getting ready to spawn and stuff. They're just fat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I guess the the pound-for-pound pound fight, I mean, a whitefish and a, and a spotty, they're just ridiculous on that little unlike tackle to play oh with. Oh my gosh. They're fun, so much man. fun. When they hit, you know they hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Pound for pound, a yellowtail is always a fun fight. Yeah. Dorado is just kind of dumb. You just throw anything in the water. Now <laughs> <laughs> it's just a challenge to see. I mean, catch, uh, you got you to gotta love it. Being able to catch a Dorado without even a hook because they'll swallow your weight, you know, or something, you know, that kind of thing, right? We were throwing a popper down in. Uh, down on one of the long range trips i took all the hooks off the popper just because the bulls were all the way on the outside and i can get the distance but i didn't really want to catch them but then they said hey bring them up the rail you know <laughs> just bringing them down the rail and those guys yeah. are trying to freak out them. you know you're stupid things like that because you just get bored with <laughs> yeah them. yeah but yeah. all of a sudden the big ones start coming in you know yeah so it's just fun just to go play you know yeah we're, we're, definitely Always trying new stuff too, you know. Like, Always trying something different. I mean, look at this thing with the, all the different kind of jigging we're doing now and stuff. How many times do we go out? We don't even use bait anymore because okay. we want to try all the different types of jigs that are in our bags. Yeah, you know that the hundred pounds that we pull along with us in those backpacks. <laughs> but we want to try them all, and that's oh, one I of the best you. parts. Yeah, I mean, I guess I loved what we did in Cedros this last year. We had good weather, and we were able to go around the other side down to the kelp, and I threw everything that I took. Wow. I tried it all. Yeah. Stick jigs and, uh, you know, plastics and hard baits and swim baits and spinner baits. You name it. I yeah. took it all and I tried them. It was phenomenal what you could catch out there. I that bet, fishery man. is so good. I bet. And just so much fun. I mean, throwing, standing on the bow of a panga in, in calm weather, throwing all day, is a dream for me. <laughs> just a dream. Yeah. All light tackle. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's awesome. How about you, Chris? Let's talk about some of your personal best. How do I follow that one up? <laughs> um, you know, honestly, going back to when I was a little kid, I was probably all of, I don't know, 11 or something like mm-hmm. that. I was fishing on um, the Dominator and I didn't get a weight, but I had a, a dodo, a bull that was literally bigger than I was. Wow. And it was unreal. And I, back then I was a big kid mm-hmm. and, um, you know, that, and then, you know, I've caught a 42 pound yellowtail. That wow. was interesting. That's a big yellow tail. Yeah. <laughs> That's a funny. <laughs> that was interesting. Um, unreally light tackle, too. It was probably all of, I don't know, 15-pound test or something. Wow. And um, aside from that, my biggest is probably a big blue. It was uh, 160. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um The boat caught a 204 last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, and it was one of, the, one of the first ones back in, I think it was Mother's Day or something really? like that. Yeah. Yeah, the guys were all super stoked. But um <laughs> yeah, aside from that, just kinda just depends on the species. Um calico I've I've gotten about maybe a six pounder, six and a half yeah. or so. Um right off Anacapa up really? of uh, the Channel Islands. Yeah. You live up that way right now? No, I live in San Diego. Okay. Um I grew up in San Diego, spent my summers up there. Okay. Um up until um, you know, my recent venture. But um, you know, I I'd spent days off Anacapa, off Santa Cruz, off, you know, the yellow banks right on that backside. And I mean, it's Calico city out there. Yeah. That's um, what the guys from uh, black tide fishing. Yeah. They yeah. talk about, they live up that way. Yeah. yeah. And if you go probably, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred yards off the, off the Island, then you've got, uh, the deep water kelp where, 
you know, my cousin caught, I think, like a 37-pound yellowtail out there. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> unreal. That's um, awesome. Aside from that, you know, uh, Wahoo up uh, out in Hawaii, um, or Ono, what they call. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been really blessed, uh, when it comes to fishing and then, um, you know, my dream, I'd love to go to Alaska. Yeah. I'd love to go fishing up there. Been there I think before. everyone would. Yeah. <laughs> go catch It'll spoil you. <laughs> do you, do you guys do a lot of freshwater too or not much? Not as much as I used no. to just because of what we do. Chris, not really. Not really. No. And I love, I love doing it. I wish I had the time. Yeah. You know? I hear you. Yeah. We just had bait pro on there. Uh, they do carp. And uh, they're from uh, England, I think. Uh, but they talk about because uh, over in England, the carp—it's mm-hmm. like a bass. Mm-hmm. It, but their tournaments are way bigger yeah. than they are here. So interesting stuff. Like I, I thought about going out the other day. I'm like, man, I'm gonna. Oh, the carp with the the feeders that they. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have all kinds. They of They chum stuff. the water hard, yeah. and it's yeah. an interesting process. Uh, when you start running international to see how somebody else does it yeah you know they they put out a lot of rods they put out you know it's kind of like us catfishing i guess you know with the side they have strike indicators and yeah it's a different game it's a totally different game and then we're thinking about us and we go also and we're like carp get those things out (laughs) yeah dude that's what they say that species and they say man no one's fishing them so you can catch like for kids i'm like man i want to take my kids because getting on a local lake and getting your kid a big fish is like yeah. They don't care what it is. <laughs> they don't yeah. care. So, like, you know, carp, something to pull hard, man, that, that'd be uh, good enough for them. Oh, uh, when it comes to kids, I mean, back in my charter boat days, I mean, they'd get stoked just to see the bait on the barge. Oh, mackerel. <laughs> just go get mackerel. Yeah. Mackerel. My oldest would just want the fish so he could, when we would drive back in and there'd be dead fish, he's like, can I cut their heads off? he just wanted to cut the fish head off throw it out (laughs) play with the birds yeah i'm like whatever (laughs) just don't put any alka saucer in those (laughs) (laughs) get any kid hooked on a bonito and it'll just make their that's what everyone said yeah when we were in hawaii we had to we took a bunch of the families over um we took the nephews and nieces out on our six pack with us and we let them catch the bait Mm-hmm. Well, you're catching small skippies and, you know, and all that. And then you're putting those back and, and, and trolling them. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're catching the yellow fin and, you know, and everything else with. It was so funny because my nephew caught up on a, on a skippy and it probably was a, you know, 15 pound skippy, nice skippy. He's bringing yeah. it to the boat. It got inhaled. <laughs> he's on a bait rig, right? A wow. bait stick. And yeah. he, just, and he's like fighting this thing. And then he actually got the tuna to the boat, no and the way. captain goes and grabs the switches out the short gaff for a long gaff. And I'm looking at him from the flybridge, going, "Don't do it, don't do it." And he swung and hit the damn thing in the head. It takes off. Aww. So okay, but he, my son, my my nephew's still fighting it. And then he got it back to the boat. The dog on captain hit it in the head again because he swung instead of just put, pulling down and yeah. pulling up, right? Yeah. And I'm like, do that again. I'm coming down there, man. <laughs> and I have it all on video, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he got it to the boat, and and the thing's doing the circle of death in the corner and everything, and he's, the kid's fighting it, right? And the, the, the captain hit it and spun the line, and it snapped. Oh, I go, oh. I'm sorry, but I've got it on video that that was two liter. <laughs> that is a catch. And I'll approximate oh, the fish man. for you. But he was so bummed. And, and the captain, I'm like looking at him going, you're not a rookie, but that was a rookie mistake. <laughs> you know? But it was good because we caught, the, all the kids got to catch their fish. Yeah. That, was a, that was a surprise. Plus we caught uh, uh, Marlin and we caught uh, Dorado. Wow. And, and everybody that was out there caught a record of whatever they wanted at that day. You yeah, know? yeah. So it was a great six pack to be out on. It was a fun day. 
Yeah. You know, and then great eating at night. <laughs> I yeah, bet. I you bet. Know. You guys both live in San Diego? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now we both live yeah. in San Diego. Oh, so do you feel like the CCA is a lot bigger down there? Uh, actually, it, 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 is. They, it is. It okay. is. It wasn't. When we first started, it was pretty evenly uh, dispersed between L.A., Orange County, and San Diego. Mm-hmm. I just pulled the latest numbers, and uh, uh, San Diego, with all the efforts that we're doing down there, we're much larger now. Um, but that's that's our, you know, that's where we do so many more events because we live down there, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, do you guys have an ambassador up this way, like in Orange County? We have a chapter. A chapter up uh, here? Okay. Robbie Gant uh, okay. is the, uh, uh, Robbie Gant from Shimano. Okay. He's the Western regional salesman manager mm-hmm. um and he is the president of the orange county chapter this okay. year uh luke burson from dana dana wharf dana rod wharf, and real yeah. club uh is the vice president okay and uh we have some pretty good things planned there uh, awesome. july 28th, 28th yeah. uh, sunday we're, we're going to be at the dana war dana point yacht club for a fundraiser awesome so that'll be the orange county event this year one yeah. of them yeah you know so, definitely so yeah cool we have we have we up. have guys uh, we have chapters now santa barbara ventura la orange county san diego so and then their their teams around them and then they have to do at least one, a minimum of one banquet a year but we do a okay. lot of other events right we're trying to do do they the try water. to they to put on their own events then try to do try. one a year yeah. yeah at least one you have to be a, to be a legal chapter in the national eyes is you have to put one banquet on okay minimum but we'd actually do more we do the fred hall shows the pcs the uh, let's you know all the different broadcasts we yeah. try to go to we we try to do on the water seminars veteran trip kids trips mm-hmm. we're, we're a little bit of everything plus we try to go do all the the club trips yeah you know yeah. wherever we can definitely well uh we've had a really good podcast it doesn't feel that long but it's almost been an hour I'm yeah just talking <laughs> like i said anytime um, you talk fishing we can yeah. go this, do this right uh, is there anything you guys want to uh put out to anyone maybe uh where they could join stuff like that Go ahead and have at it. Absolutely. You know, our website is uh, CCA California, spelled out, dot mm-hmm. O-R-G. You can go there and you can sign up uh, for a membership. Where Our annual memberships are $35. Uh, that goes to national, but that puts you in the database, and then you'll get all the stuff from us. Mm-hmm. We have our Facebook page. We'd love you to like us on that and then follow us on Instagram. Awesome. Um, and then, you know, come to our events. Hear about what we're doing. Get involved. What's your next couple of events? Just depending on when we put this out, so maybe we could pump the next one if it's not. Sacramento is our first event in January. Okay. Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival in February. That's Pre- going to be the local. Weekend. That'll be the local Orange one. Orange County. will be part of it. Absolutely. Okay. And then we do the Fred Hall shows. We go to Long Beach, Bakersfield, and then San Diego. Awesome. And then Day at the Docks down in uh, San Diego. Okay. Those are, those are like all the way through April then. Yeah. yeah. And Chris. And then we go right into banquets. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It never ends. Yeah. May, May June, July, August, we have banquets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Already scheduled. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. You guys are busy. Yeah. Uh, what you guys are doing is super cool, too. You're back at 100%. So anything, uh, Chris, you want to put out there? Or? You know, I would say, you know, go to joincca.org, uh-huh. um, become a member. Well, if you become a member online or wherever you meet us, um, it'll basically get your name in the in our database, but you'll also start receiving uh, monthly newsletters. Okay. And that's usually me and Bill Varney. Um, okay. You, you know, newsletters we're always trying to get the news out what we've been doing on the past month and all the future events and all that good stuff um so really just we're just seeking out new members new active members great great we appreciate you guys coming on anytime thanks for coming up here yeah fishing yeah Yeah, exactly that's what i need to do soon so all right thanks guys thanks for listening to cast and crank podcast appreciate it